Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you today? I'm doing well, Chris. And how about yourself? (laughs) As you can tell, I've got a frog in my throat, but I'm feeling fine. So (laughs) just some of that spring weather uh, that brings it out in all of us. But uh, today we're going to talk about something maybe I should look at taking or more of in my diet, and that's selenium. (laughs) Right? Ooh, yes. I bet you have no idea how much selenium is in your diet. But horse owners, this is a nutrient that I think there's a fair amount of focus on. Uh, particularly because we realize it has a pretty narrow range of toxicity compared to some of our other minerals, meaning a little bit is good. Not too much more can cause problems. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how much selenium is in my diet. That's a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. And I guess we could find out, you know, or talk about how we find out how much selenium is in our diet of a horse. I know there's something at the end where we'll, we'll address that, but just to open this up, off, you know, and I, I kind of joke about it, but selenium is a very important nutrient, isn't it? I mean, I've, I've heard of selenium for decades, you know, when you talk about forages and nutrition, yeah, it's a very critical nutrient, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's one that we, we know a fair amount about, um, particularly because it has that narrow toxicity range. There had to be a good deal of focus on what is enough, what is too much, how do we know if we have too much? So it's something we understand a decent amount about. It has a lot of purposes. I think the two main ones and probably the number one, one that horse owners are aware of is that it it works as an antioxidant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in conjunction with lots of other antioxidants in the diet. It works very closely with vitamin E specifically, but it helps, you know, decrease those reactive oxygen species in the horse. And we did a whole podcast on that not too long ago. So we'll, we'll link out to that for the details mm-hmm. on antioxidants. Uh, the other thing that's really important for is thyroid function. So those would yeah. be the two main purposes of selenium in the horse's diet. It, and, and I mean, it does. It, it really, especially when you talk about antioxidants. And I'm glad you mentioned the, the antioxidant podcast because I, I did want to bring up we did do one on vitamin E, which is goes hand in hand with selenium, right? And we did that on the four, July 14th in 2021. So you want to check that out and we can link it in the show notes uh, so you can go back and listen to that. But it, just to think about this, Nicole, where are horses getting selenium in the diet now without any extra? So there's going to be some amount of selenium in your forages, depending on the growing conditions, the amount of selenium in your forage will vary. Large portions of the U.S. are selenium deficient, meaning there's not a lot of selenium in the soil. Their forages would not provide enough selenium to meet the horse's requirements. Uh, One thing I want to be cautious about with that is that a lot of people hear, well, I'm in a selenium deficient area, so I add some selenium. And that's not necessarily appropriate if you're already feeding a complete feed. So a product that's designed to deliver selenium, just because you're in a deficient area does not mean you need more selenium on top of that unless a selenium deficiency has actually been identified in your horse via blood work. There are some areas that are higher in selenium. Generally, we don't really run into selenium toxicities under normal conditions, but there are some plants that are selenium accumulating. They're weeds. 
not a normal part of the horse's diet, but occasionally you do run into situations where maybe forage isn't as available as it should be, or you have that horse every once in a while who will eat anything with no discretion. And by consuming these selenium accumulating plants, you can run into issues. But generally speaking, you have selenium to some degree in your forages, so grass and hay. And then the majority of what we're relying on to meet the minimum requirement is delivered through their concentrate. Maybe a supplement, but very rarely would I say that's appropriate. Right, right, right. Well, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you, because we haven't brought this up yet, I believe, in a, in a podcast, I, I can't remember, talking about a trace mineral, because selenium is a trace mineral. So what does that mean? Okay, that's a great question. Uh, so trace means it's in the diet and it's required in very small amounts, specifically milligrams. So if we look at the actual table in the NRC book, it says a horse needs X milligrams per day of the trace minerals. Other minerals, like calcium and phosphorus, they need grams of per day. So that's a larger quantity. So if you were to look at a feed tag, your trace minerals, the concentration of those in your feed are going to be in what's called parts per million, PPM. Okay. And then your macro minerals, those that are provided in larger quantities are going to be in percentages. So mm -hmm. calcium, as for example, will be min and max percentage of calcium, just like you see percentage for protein, for fat, things that are in the diet in larger concentrations. Some other really common trace minerals you might think about, things like copper and zinc, manganese, ones you might not think about as much, cobalt, iodine. There's quite a few of them, um, but selenium certainly one of the trace minerals we focus on a lot. Now, do we care about the minimum and max in a diet? I mean, what are they? And, and is that important for the owners to know? Ooh, sure. So when it comes to uh, the actual requirements, so we have the minimum requirement, and then we have what's called a maximum tolerable limit. Mm -hmm. The maximum tolerable limit, which is what we think of as the upper amount in the diet, is the amount that's been identified that you can feed for a long period of time and not cause symptoms of toxicity. But if you go above that you run into issues. If you look at the NRC, the way it's expressed is in milligrams of selenium per kilogram of feed. Mm. We're going to break that down for you though. So if we have a thousand pound horse and we're feeding it two and a half percent of its body weight, so 25 pounds a day, the minimum amount of selenium that horse would need in its diet is 1.1 milligrams per day. Absolute bare minimum. However, uh, we've realized that, that that very bare minimum often is not enough um, to optimize health. So for your average horse, the uh, recommended dose for optimal health is three milligrams of selenium per day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, if we were to look at this same thousand pound horse, feeding it 2.5% of its body weight, 25 pounds, the maximum tolerable limit, that safe upper limit, is two milligrams per kilogram of feed per day. That works out to 22 milligrams of selenium in the diet. Normally, the number I just kind of keep in my head is 20 milligrams per day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I rarely, rarely see a horse anywhere close to that um, when we do dietary analysis. Um, but that's kind of a good general rule of thumb. So three milligrams minimum 
20 milligrams mm -hmm. per day maximum coming from all of your sources, not just what comes in a bag with a tag. Right, right. Well, I was thinking supplements too. And, 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 and the purpose I asked you that is because we do have an issue with toxicity. So feeding too much selenium can be a problem, right? Like what are some of the things that, that we see with, with toxicity of selenium in horses? Yes. Selenium toxicity is definitely something we would want to avoid. And we'll go over the symptoms of that in a second. But, you know, just to give a little context about this 20 milligrams per day, copper, for example, copper has a max tolerable limit of 800 ppms in the diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for a horse fed 2% of its body weight, make the math super simple for me, yeah. that's 8,000 milligrams. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> compared, compared to, to only 20, 20. milligrams yes. of selenium. Yes. Just, just yep. to give you some context, they're both trace minerals. It is mm -hmm. bad if we put too much of either of them in the diet. Mm -hmm. um, but selenium is tricky because it is a very narrow range of toxicity. And, you know, when we think about toxicity, there are two different types, same thing with deficiency, but you have things like acute toxicity and chronic toxicity. So acute toxicity is a situation where that horse got a lot of selenium. Um, I can't even think of a good situation other than a toxic selenium accumulating weed where that would happen, mm -hmm. but they consumed a lot of it and they had rapid onset of symptoms. I think chronic selenium toxicity is what is more likely to occur in that the horse has too much, but just like a little too much for a long period of time, such that in the short term, you might not see any symptoms, but those symptoms accumulate over time because they are chronically exposed to a high, but not crazy high level of selenium. So symptoms of acute selenium toxicity um, is blind staggers is what it's called. So the horse appears to be blind. It does head pressing. It's where they walk up to things and just shove their head against it. They'll be sweating a lot. Uh, it may appear to be something like a colic in that they have abdominal pain, diarrhea, increased heart rate. Um, it just a horse who's obviously incredibly ill. Um, and that's very apparent. When, you know, you have more of the chronic selenium toxicity type issues, oftentimes where we're going to see that is actually uh, their hair coat. So their hair would fall out. You can have cracking around the coronary band. Their mane might fall out. There's some other more vague symptoms that are sometimes attributed to selenium toxicity, things like lameness, general decreases in performance, all of those. I think those are tricky because that could be related to lots and lots of different things. And you might have a horse who is maybe subclinically selenium toxic, who also has another issue. So I think that's, that's a little bit harder to just look at a horse and be like, ah, he's kind of lame. I bet it's selenium toxicity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Which that does happen, right? Yeah. People are yes. like that, that has to be it. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the classic chronic toxicity of selenium is you're going to see it in their hair and their hooves. Yeah. It, so thinking about that, I guess if, and from what you said, maybe just just check check my math or or what I'm thinking in my head. It, you know, if a horse is grazing on selenium rich soil, which we do have parts of the country that that are rich in selenium in the soil, 
Would you be concerned about toxicity or would it just be more the weeds? Because you mentioned that earlier. I have not experienced horses who just their basal diet alone is too high in selenium. I I have run into some situations where there's like weird factors, either we're stacking supplements or they got into something. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'd say it's relatively rare, even in areas that are more selenium rich to reach those type of levels. Levels. I just, I'm trying to think of, you know, what our listeners would, would ask, well, okay, what about this? And that's what I was wondering. And then when you said the, the weeds, I'm like, mm-hmm. And there's always that horse that always eats the weeds. I just don't know. They just, they, <laughs> it's like they have a death wish. They just Absolutely. <laughs> All horses do to some extent. I know, I know. Okay. Okay. As a nutritionist, how do you ensure our horses are receiving adequate selenium in the diet? So we formulate with added selenium at at levels that I'd say are comparable to all of your premium feeds. So there are some feeds that you're going to see with lower levels of selenium. Generally, those tend to be less premium things that are just less fortified in general. So a, a fairly typical inclusion rate of selenium for a premium type feed would be 0.6 ppms, so 0.6 part per million. So So that would be a fairly typical uh, inclusion level of selenium in the diet. When we look at our ration balancer, for example, meant to be fed in a smaller quantity, we're running at more like one and a half PPM, somewhere in that range. So if we think about the math, because like just those numbers don't really mean a lot to people. If you had a horse in very heavy work, who is a very easy keeper fed three pounds per day of essential K. So remember we feed one pound to our horses who are in, in maintenance or very, very light work. And if this is a horse working intensely hard, it doesn't need calories. If we did the math on that, three pounds of essential K is going to provide two milligrams of selenium per day with the expectation they're still getting some additional selenium, even from areas that are lower in selenium. Deficient doesn't mean zero. So it's relatively easy to get to that three milligram optimal health. Uh, 10 pounds of Calm Ultra, for example, would offer 2.7 milligrams of selenium intake per day. So from that perspective, you know, we're assuming that there is some selenium intake because, again, even deficient doesn't mean zero. Right. And don't forget, you feed lots of forage, hopefully. Yes. If you're listening to our podcast, hopefully you feed lots <laughs> yes, of forage. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, that's kind of a starting point. And the goal is that in most scenarios, that would be an appropriate amount of fortification. Obviously, there's going to be some outliers, but the goal with any kind of commercial product is to cover the vast majority of scenarios. Now, you may say, well, I want to know for sure. Like, okay, that's how much I get in my grain. What am I getting in my hay? That is something you can test for. Uh, It's not standard on most of your packages. So if you just send off hay to a lab that does horse hay analysis and they have like a standard equine package, selenium generally isn't included in that. If you do that added testing through most labs, it's going to be somewhere between 50 to $60 per sample to add that. And that's going to be the best possible way for us to know exactly what your horse is getting. Now, Selenium is a little bit unique uh, compared to most of our other minerals. Selenium is really the only one that you can easily and accurately test your horse's levels in their blood. 
So while there are absolutely uh, tests offered for some of your other trace minerals, the body does a fantastic job of keeping those trace minerals within a really narrow range such that your horse would have to be super deficient or super toxic in copper, for example, to get a value outside the reference range. Selenium, however, you know, we are able to test more accurately. So most of the time, what people do is they get a blood test done on their horse to determine their selenium status. And that can be useful information, provided we do the right blood test. Right, right. So when blood is taken from your horse, it can be processed multiple different ways. And you have whole blood, plasma, and serum. They require different vacutainer tubes. They require some different handling, things like that. But what's interesting about selenium is that plasma and serum are very sensitive to short-term changes, like a recent meal, for example. So you fed your horse at 7 a.m., your vet was out at 9 a.m. It's not atypical for the results from those plasma or serum samples to come back high, which of course is then we get a call like, oh my God, there's too much selenium in my horse's diet. What do we do? Right, right. Well, generally, the recommendation that we make is let's go back and test whole blood selenium. And the reason for that is whole blood selenium is your indicator of long-term selenium status of the horse. It's not sensitive to those recent changes because what you're actually seeing in that serum and plasma is when a horse eats selenium, right? It breaks down the food, it gets absorbed into the digestive tract, it moves from there into the blood, and then the body has to shuttle it places to go do its jobs or to be excreted. So you're seeing those changes in plasma and serum, whereas whole blood is your long-term status. So I would say, oh gosh, at least monthly, I run into this, if not more often. Sometimes people are testing because the horse appears to have an issue or they just do it as kind of a wellness type check. Like, hey, I've heard this is important. Let's test it. It's readily available. And I will say that over at least once a month for multiple years, I've only had one time that it is a very recent actually that the whole blood selenium also came back high outside of the reference range okay so you know that's a case then that we would dig more into like what's going on with the diet test the hay look for other things um but almost always those horses will be within the reference range and again the symptoms that we know of chronic selenium toxicity they're very specific most of the time people are testing for more vague type issues and they go, ah, we found it. And then we retest and go, ah, well, we have to keep looking because that is horses for you. Um, so it can definitely be valuable information. I do recommend if you, even if you're in an area that is deficient, uh, recognize that there's variability, even farmers field to field mm-hmm. and to not assume that it's deficient. So if you're feeding a complete feed, not complete in the sense of senior feed, but complete in the sense that it's fortified with the essential vitamins and minerals that your horse needs. So essential K, fed at the minimum rate, a ration balancer, calm and easy, senior sport, any of those products. Even if you're in a selenium deficient area, I wouldn't recommend adding extra selenium unless we have the blood work to support that that horse is actually deficient. Um, 
again, because that range is so narrow, I, I don't think it's appropriate to be blindly adding selenium on top of a complete diet. Is it occasionally necessary? Possibly. I think it's very rare, uh, but I wouldn't want to make that assumption. And, and honestly, that blood work is not super expensive. So that's something that I think would be well worth it. One thing that sometimes happens because selenium and vitamin E are talked about together so frequently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of selenium's jobs is essentially to recharge vitamin E. So they do work together. And there are these selenium vitamin E combined supplements on the market. They've been out there for a million years. Generally speaking, you can't feed enough of the supplements to get a useful amount of vitamin E without way overfeeding selenium. Mm -hmm. So we really, even though they work together in the body, we really need to think about those two separately. Separately, yeah. And we, we talked about vitamin E a ton. And you have to remember, it's relatively benign to feed your horse too much vitamin E. It's not benign to feed your horse too much selenium. So did you, you mentioned that horse that had too much. Did you find a resolution to that one yet? Ah, not yet, because this literally just happened this week. Um, but it does highlight, you know, that's one that we recommended. Hey, you tested plasma or serum. I don't remember which one. Let's, you know, we'd recommend you go back and test whole blood. And remember, you know, you're getting one to three milligrams of selenium from your grain. The max tolerable limit is 20. So where's the rest of it coming from? So uh, we haven't determined the source yet, but like my next recommendation is, hey, let's test your hay. Let's look for weeds. Are you feeding any supplements? Um, I do want to point out, if you run into that issue, that's something we're absolutely happy to help you troubleshoot through. In fact, I find them a lot of fun. Like, let's let's figure out what's going on because we want to help you. Um, and that's something that we're absolutely more than willing to help you work through that process and give some suggestions of other things you might want to look at. And then I, I I think what's interesting about selenium is the source is important. Is that true? Yes and no, as with many things in horses. So we have two different sources, uh, selenium yeast, which is organic. And it's, again, organic in the sense that the selenium is attached to something with a carbon in it, in this case, yeast. And then you have inorganic selenium, sodium selenite. There's been a fair amount of research into these different sources. Um, some studies show improvements in various measures, like the horse um, increased their levels more quickly, higher blood levels, things like that when fed the organic source of selenium. Some of them show no difference between the two sources. But while selenium yeast is more bioavailable than inorganic selenium, sometimes I think this is one where that magnitude of that difference gets overemphasized. Um, so research that actually looked into that bioavailability showed that organic, so selenium yeast is 57% and inorganic is 51%. So it's minor. Right. So yeah. I definitely get questions sometimes, like why do you use both or it has to be organic because organic is better. And yeah, like to a certain extent, organic is better. But I think we need to be realistic to identify the fact that the difference between the two is not that big. And inorganic does not mean that it's not absorbed, that it's not bioavailable to the horse, that we can't support a horse's needs to some extent with that. Hmm. So we use both. They have a little bit different absorption mechanism. It allows us to capture some of those advantages while still keeping feed cost 
in mind, right? Like all of these additional technologies increase your feed bill. So we want to maximize the effectiveness of the nutrients we're putting in the diet without needlessly adding cost to products. So there's a balance between the two. But I think that's sometimes a point that gets a little bit lost. Organic does show uh, some value over inorganic, but inorganic is not worthless by any means. No, and I, I think it's amazing because I, I sit there and think about the, the balancing act that you have to do in your job being like, oh, well, this one's just a little bit better, but then it adds X amount of dollar, you know, X amount of cents per bag, right? And you're thinking of the horse owners. Yeah, that's, inter- that's interesting. That'd be an interesting podcast one day to kind of talk through that process of that. Any final tips on selenium? I think we've pretty well covered this one, Chris. It's a fun one to talk about and there's a lot of detail. Uh, you know, I, I will leave everyone with what we always say. If you have questions, reach out. We'll happily work through your diet, troubleshoot things for you. Um, you don't have to be the expert. We have great folks who are here and ready to help you work through that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and thank you for those comments on Facebook. Please keep them coming. As, give us your suggestions on topics you'd like us to cover and we will add them to the list. But thank you so much, Nicole. And, and I'm really excited for the upcoming topics we, we have that we're going to cover. Awesome. Thank you, Chris.